absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and today I'm joined by me, myself, and I. Going to recap our trip to Pinehurst for you. We had an amazing time. It was a little impromptu, put-together trip after being quarantined for almost 45 days. I decided to ring up some of the boys and see who could make it down to North Carolina with me. So on the trip, we had uh, Maddie M, Mamathena, a stick from North Carolina, playing off a four handicap. Great player, hilarious dude. Brought my Dan and my man Dan Urban, Iceman Dan along. Caddies out at Caves Valley, as well as the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, another stick, and these two are just ridiculously long off the tee. You know, um, by comparison, I am I'm a I'm a dinker out there. You know, I'm putting it out there 225, 230. These guys are bombing it 285, 290, sometimes 300 or so. And then to round up the foursome, we have my man Rich from GasHouseGolf.com. And uh, you've heard the ads on the pods before. You, you've heard me speak positively. Rich has been on the podcast for Gas House Golf, and they're doing some great things. We uh, were able to brainstorm a ton of ideas when we were down there and uh, really kind of get Gas House out on the course. So here's what the, uh, here's what the road will look like. Okay, First off, we started off at Southern Pines. Then the next day we went to Pinehurst number 4 and played the Cradle in the Afternoon. Following day, played the new course at Talamore, and then Mid-South in that afternoon to be followed up on our last day at the Dormy Club. Uh, and I'll get into all the details and everything, but I just got to say, if you've never been down to the Pinehurst region, it is an area of the country that lives, breathes, and is golf. It is just astronomical, the amount of golf, the different types of courses. Um, and the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the people down there. The people really make the area. We met everybody from locals uh, to members at Pinehurst uh, to Tom Paschal, the president of Pinehurst, and every single person to a man, woman, and child is just beyond passionate about the game of golf. Um, so without further ado, let's get a little recap in. So first off, big shout out and big thanks to my girl, Nikki at Talamore Golf Resort. She hooked us up with the Palmer Cottage. Uh, if you don't know the Palmer Cottage, it used to be the Maples Cottage. Okay. It's been refurnished, refurbished, and uh, completely rehauled as the Palmer Cottage. And it sits right off of Midland Road. Okay. So Midland is across from Longleaf Golf Course, about half a mile from Mid-South, half a mile from Talamore. Uh, maybe a mile and a half from Pinehurst Resort, 10, 15 minutes from Dormy. I mean, this place is smack dab in the middle of golf heaven. Um, four bedrooms, four baths, enormous kitchen, open concept layout, game room with pool table, darts, 72-inch TV, big leather recliner sectional, and then a separate fireplace room right across from the dining area. Um, Every single bedroom has two queen beds in it and a private bath. It's just, it, it's it's perfect. Like, it's the house you would want to live in if you lived in Pinehurst. Uh, the backyard is not overly enormous, but it's everything that you need. 
They've got Chippo in there. They've got Cornhole, uh, Grill, outside seating area, outside fireplace. It was just, it, it stocked to the, to the nines. I mean, this place is just unreal. And, uh, you know, we were lucky enough that, that she hooked us up with that. And that became our home base of operations. And there is nothing like coming back to a comfortable place to stay and relax after you've banged out 36 holes or however many holes you play in a day. Um, and one of the things that, that private club members will really appreciate because you know if you're a private club member out there, you've been to some, the showers in some of the private clubs are just astronomical, you know, just just phenomenal, real great water pressure and everything. And it was it was no different at the Palmer Cottage. So that's something that uh, a little known fact that that people might not know. The showers there are fantastic. There is adequate space, utensils, uh, prepare preparatory tools in order to make any type of food that you would want and uh, plenty of parking for everyone. Big circle driveway or a U-shaped driveway there. And it's just a great setting. I mean, it's quiet at night. Uh, you hear the wind through the pines. If you want to play Longleaf, it's it's a two-minute drive. You want to play Mid-South, it's a two-minute drive. You want to play Talamore, the new course, it's a two-minute drive. It's five minutes to Pinehurst. It's five minutes to number eight, five minutes to number nine. It's just completely centrally located in Southern Pines. So uh, our first course that we played was actually Southern Pines Golf Club. And we were lucky enough to hook up with Bagger24, my man Pat Webster uh, from Instagram. Pat is an ex-Marine. He has his law degree, and he's just a hilarious dude. I mean, Honestly, there's not too many people I'd rather play a round of golf with. And, and being a local, being a caddy at Pinehurst, he was able to show us around Southern Pines, give us a little bit of history of the area, which was, which was great. I mean, there's nothing you want more than to kind of ingratiate yourself with the locals and get their firsthand knowledge, you know, because then you don't feel like you're on vacation. You don't feel like you're on a golf trip. You feel like you're just out there playing golf as it was meant to be. And uh, Southern Pines is this old Ross course. It opened in 1906 as a nine-hole course and then expanded to 18 holes uh, somewhere between 1910 and 1912. There's a real weird history with the course. The uh, The Elks Club owns it. Uh, the Bells, Peggy Kirk Bell family of, of Mid Pines, wants to buy it. And there's a Lost Nine uh, through the back of it. But it is just a great local track. You can tell that the greens are Ross-designed greens. I mean, straight off of number one, it's so easy to tell. That back-to-front slope, a little bit of crowning here and there. Um, My favorite area of the course, probably two tee box, which shares a tee box with 18. So when you're standing up there, you see the green of one, you see the fairway of two, you see the fairway of 18, you see the green of 17. It's a spot where I could put up a chair and just hang out all day. Uh, we played around 2.30 in the afternoon. Place was popping. Um, we took a cart because it was included in the price. Pat decided to walk. We were going to have enough walking throughout the trip. So, you know, if they're going to give me a cart and it's in the price, you know, I'm going to take it. It is what it is. Makes it easier to video and film as we're going along. And uh, really, really nice course. Uh, not overly long. Playing at like 6,300 yards. And you look at that, and that's from the tips. And you look at that on the scorecard and you say 6,300 yards. I'm going to be able to destroy this place. 
And good Lord, is it anything but. It, it has to be the longest 6,300 yards I've played in my entire life. I felt like I was at Pinehurst number four, okay, playing from the back tees. That's how long this course felt. There is nothing flat about it. So if you think Sandhills Golf is gently rolling terrain and completely flat, then Southern Pines is going to blow your mind because you've got 40-foot elevation changes to the greens. You've got downhill tee shots, uphill tee shots, tee shots where you know the fairway cantilevers from left to right, and then the green sits right to left. A um, lot of distinguishing characteristics on each hole. And one of the things that most people always say when they play a course is they'll say, you know what, if I can remember half the holes, okay, then, then it was a pretty decent round. Now, after playing Southern Pines once, after coming down from a nine and a half hour trip from Pennsylvania, you know, I can go through right now and easily remember 13, 14 of the holes. And if I look at the scorecard and I look at the, the, the par and the, the yardage on it, you know, I can pick out all 18. There are some, some great holes, uh, probably right off the bat, because it was my first hole of the trip. Hole number one is a great opening Hole. I love a downhill tee shot to open. Nice wide fairway, but you've got to be accurate with your second shot. And that not that the, the distinguishing characteristic of most Donald Ross courses? It's going to give you a, a large area in the fairway, but there is a specific area in the fairway in which to hit it, in which to have a better approach shot. And Southern Pines is no different. You can bomb it off the tee almost anywhere, but you need to be in the right position off the tee in order to score. Um, so understand this. If you go to Southern Pines, um, I think they charge us 49 bucks to ride in the afternoon on a, on, a, um, on a Sunday, which is a great price. And you've got to understand this. Southern Pines is a fantastic course. It's got a fantastic pedigree, a fantastic designer behind it. But it's not your country club course. It's not kept up like Dormy. It's not kept up like Pinehurst. The money isn't there. You know, it's a local public track. So it's bare bones. The range might accommodate uh, 10, 12 people comfortably. And then after that, it's really starting to get packed. Great little short game area, which I love, which overlooks the 18th there. Uh, great little putting green behind one and the cart barn. There's an old pool area, which is now, you know, decrepit and kind of, you know, let to go, abandoned. So you can tell at one point in time, this place was was really jumping. But as of late, you know, the infrastructure has fallen a little bit, but it still doesn't take away from the course itself. The course itself is phenomenal. So if, if you can look past the scruffiness and you get to the bones of this course, it, it really is a fantastic piece of property. And what I remarked to the guys, and it was it was Pat Bagger, uh, Rich and Matt. Dan hadn't come down yet. He was coming down that night. What I remarked to them is that if, if you were able to put some money into this course, you know, this would easily jump to the top of most people's Pinehurst trips. Now, if you had this course in any other area of the country, it would probably be revered. But since it sits in Pinehurst and since it sits amongst these other giants of the game, it's kind of looked down upon. And that's really a shame because it is a great course. Friendly people, uh, friendly locals that play there. And I'm, I'm really glad that Pat, uh, Bagger24, you know, kind of pushed us to play that because 
it really gave me an appreciation for the rest of the trip and how well-maintained and manicured everything else was that we had played. So that's our first night. Iceman Dan, Dan Urban, tour caddy, he got in super, super late, <laughs> like 2 a.m. And uh, next morning we wake up, we're all there, and we're playing Pinehurst number four. We're taking over their Instagram page, which hopefully you enjoyed. And, uh, you know, the home of American golf is giving Leave the Pin uh, the ability to showcase their resort and showcase what we do. And I, I can't thank Alex, the director of social media, enough there. I can't thank Tom Paschal, who we had the pleasure of meeting and chatting with, uh, enough thanks and praise for what they're doing with the resort, especially during this time. Uh, you know, kind of little unknown fact behind the scenes, we found out that they're still paying the employees. They're still giving them benefits. Um, caddies can caddy there, but there's all these social distancing restrictions put into place. And, you know, the entire town lives and breathes golf. So if golf were to stop, you know, Pinehurst stops. It's difficult enough when you don't have eateries that are open for people to congregate and stuff like that. But we found that it was, you know, more than easy enough to get curbside takeout and bring it back to the Palmer Cottage. You know, and that's the other thing, having a comfortable place to come back to where guys can stretch out and have their own bedrooms and have their own bathrooms and kind of decompress a little bit when you're right, you know, on top of each other while keeping social distancing in place. Um, you know, it's nice. It's nice. It really makes for a great atmosphere for the trip. So we're up super early. We're pumped. If there is one downfall and one downfall only, it's the fact that the pro shop and the merch was not available at Pinehurst. But you go to shoppinehurst.com, you've got everything you need. So that's the only downfall, but we completely understand it. Okay, some other pro shops were open, but some other pro shops don't get 30 to 40 people lingering around inside buying stuff like Pinehurst does. So it's uh, it makes sense in this day and age. So we get there and we check in. They've got a modified check-in in the Ross room, get our yardage books, head over to the range. And what was really cool is we're warming, warming up on Maniac Hill, which uh, if, if you don't know is a two-sided driving range at Pinehurst, about 415 yards long. And the teaching center on the other end hits towards us. And, you know, the people that are playing hit towards uh, the other end. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever reached the teaching center from the mats over at Maniac Hill. Um, but if they did, it would have to be an otherworldly drive with the wind blowing downhill. So when you're on the range there, I mean, it's just, it's it's such a great area. Your, you know, to, to your left is number two, 18th hole, right? Just left of that is the first tee. To your right is the first hole of number four. Behind you is this will do the putting green, the short game area. And then behind that is the cradle. Now, you're literally in the home of American golf. I mean, you are, it is all encompassing and you cannot help but feel the history and, and just get enamored with it. The church bells are going off every hour. If you're lucky enough, the train passes, you know, behind the, uh, the fourth hole on the cradle. It's just, it, you know, to me. Maybe it's sappy. It's it's one of my top three favorite places in the country. Uh, this was my sixth trip down there to the resort. And every single time, it just gets better. It never gets old. It never gets boring. So as we're warming up, 
Um, Emily, who is a golfer at Georgetown University, Division One golfer, is working with the Paget School of Learning and doing some TrackMan work. So we got to get on the TrackMan and kind of see our perceived distance, how far we thought we hit it compared to what we actually did. And, you know, most of us were spot on, which is nice. It's nice not to have an ego in golf. You know, I know I hit the ball 225, 235 off the tee, and I'm cool with that. I played the right set of tees, and, and I'm all good, you know. I'm not going to be bombing it off the back tees at 7,000 yards. And so our tee time starts. Now you go to the starter's hut. They've got the coolest ball markers, simplistic plastic number four, some of the greatest tees in the game. And uh, believe me when I tell you, stocked up on some of those tees. Um, so Dan and Matt, real long off the tee, right? They're playing the Blues at 69-61. Uh, Rich and I played like a composite. So ours were about 65, 6,600 yards. And it was all I could handle and more. It was one of the windiest days I've ever played on. It was treacherous. Pinehurst number four is a beast to begin with. You start off with a pretty docile opening hole, this nice dog leg right. We all were dancing on the green. I lipped out for birdie. I'm thinking greatest day ever, greatest round ever. And then disaster strikes. I triple the, the par five, the second hole, and uh, hit it into the sand, hit it into the sand, hit it into the sand. I have not been in more sand in my life. I was craving pine straw. I was in sand so much. Um, Pinehurst number four is fair. It's a beast, but it's fair. If I went back, I'd play from the white tees. You know, I'd play it somewhere around 62.5, 6,300 yards or so. Um, But I don't believe the course is made to handle that type of win. And while the fairways are wide, again, you need to be in the right spot. Gil Hans did a great job redesigning it. It is the perfect complement to number two. There are a bunch of people that love number four more than number two. And I always kind of thought that was crazy. But having not played number four after the redesign and now seeing it, I understand. The visuals are otherworldly. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I've played some great golf courses and the crew that we had together has played some amazing golf courses. And this place, Pinehurst number four, there are some holes that you stand on and you just are in utter amazement. The one thing I loved about the course is standing on the tee boxes. There was never a shot where I looked and said, gosh, I I don't have that. I do not have that shot in my bag. Everything's in front of you. There were some holes where I said, I don't have the distance to get there in regulation, but a lot of that was attributed to the wind and how heavy it was blowing. We had 20 to 25 mile an hour steadies and 40 mile an hour gusts. Uh, that would that would lay down a bit for the next day, and then it would come right back and hit us hard in the face when we went to the dormy club. But overall, number four is a fantastic compliment to number two. It is a standalone course anywhere else in the world. But again, when you're dealing with nine courses and soon to be 10, the cradle and the thistledew putting green, there are phenomenal courses that sometimes get lost in the shuffle. Um, They're charging now uh, about 3.30 for a round. We walked. It is not a bad walk. 
if you have the ability to do it, do it. I understand that a lot of people listening might not have that ability, might need to take a cart, but in order to really experience the movement in the fairways, the undulations, the drops from tee to fairway, and then the rises from fairway to green, uh, I think it's imperative to walk. Aside from Kiowa and Pinehurst number two, I'm not sure I've had a more enjoyable walk. I loved walking Dormy Club. However, Dormy Club is a hell of a walk with the wind blowing. But Pinehurst 4 is uh, is undulating. There's a lot of elevation changes. The greens are very receptive, very undulating in places. However, there are other greens which are very benign. And you'll see that the fairways and the tee shots that are not that difficult are going to have the more severe greens, and then vice versa. If you have a really severe tee shot, and let's say it's going to, you know, it's a, a dog leg, or you got to really work the ball off the tee, you're going to have an easier approach shot. Um, so it doesn't beat you up the whole way around. I, I cannot wait to go back there on a, you know, picture perfect Pinehurst day and play it. Uh, so that was the morning. Got back. We ate the 91st hole. Everything's takeout. We had pulled pork sandwiches. It was fantastic. We get to the cradle. Okay, in my mind, and I'll tell anyone that wants to listen, the cradle is the greatest place on earth. I I never have more fun than what I've had at the cradle. Uh, the two trips that I took around at this time, I think that makes it seven or eight. You know that I've that I've looped it now. Uh, from its opening beginnings until now, and and it it never it never ceases to amaze. It's never not fun. The wind could blow eighty miles an hour. It doesn't matter because you're hitting you know at, at, at most a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty yard shot. One of the things I love about the cradle is you don't need your rangefinder because every single marker is lasered that morning, and that's just a great little nuance that a lot of people miss. You know. You play a hole of golf and it says 489 yard par five. Well, I mean, that could be playing 520 one day and it could be playing 470 the next day, depending on the tees and depending on the pin position. But every morning, the pin is lasered at the hole and the whole distance, the yardage is changed. You know, just one of those things that Pinehurst does right. And you'd expect them to do everything right. And they do. The cradle is in the middle of everything, one, three, and five are to the right of it. Thistle do putting green in the 18 on number fours to the left of it. Sits in this great little valley. A lot of undulations. It photographs amazingly. It plays amazingly fun. The only downfall people have, and actually a few people that are members at Pinehurst <laughs> DM'd me, and I did pass your information along because I know you're listening, but they said, this is Pinehurst Resort. This is the home of American golf. Can't we get better mats to tee off on? And I understand that. I get that. Um, a lot of people would love to play the cradle and just hit off the grass. But with that much play and every single shot taking a divot, you just can't do that. You know, and and just when you're there, I know you might want to hit it off the grass, but just understand that that there's, you know, two to three hundred people a day hitting off that. And just be respectful of it. You know, we hit off the mats, even though I would love to hit off the grass there. But 
you got to understand if you hit off the if you don't hit off the mats and you hit off the grass and you're taking up that much turf, you know, after a week, there's no more tee box left. There's no more grass left. Okay, it, it, even if you don't know agronomy, you have to understand that grass can't grow in a week. Um, so that's one of the things. And we saw a few people here and there hitting off the grass, and uh, you know, rules rules are in place for a reason. And if you come all the way to Pinehurst and you're like, oh, I have to hit off a mat on on the cradle, I paid 50 bucks for it. I mean, look, you're playing at one of the most amazing places in the world, the home of American golf. Just follow what they say so everyone can enjoy it. They've got music playing. They've got speakers throughout the course. You don't have to bring your own music. You can play with a drink in hand. You can play serious. Rich and I had a match in which he got, you know, he got me at the end. Um, but here's how cool the cradle is. Okay. We loop around. We're joined by our man, Zane Lewis, Zane Lewis 14 on Instagram. Zane's a mini tour pro sponsored by gas house. Hilarious dude. Super nice down to earth. I mean, I have not met a more chill dude and playing with him was one of the highlights of the entire round. And the kid's got a silky smooth swing. I mean, he can play. He's got the demeanor for golf. Nothing seems to phase him. Everything rolls off his back. It's all good. Looping around again, who walks down from the starter shack to say hi? Golf in your state himself, Matt Cardis. We play a hole. You want to add to the the mystery of Matt Cardis and kind of the enigma that he is. Plays one hole with us, hits a shot, birdies the hole, and says, hey, man, I got to go meet my client, and then just walks off. Right? That's insane. Dude was just laying there, hanging out, having a drink, comes over to us, and then bang, birdies the hole and disappears again. It was awesome. Super cool dude, though. Very, very happy to have met him. We had been DMing back and forth and stuff. And, uh, you know, people that that follow me on Instagram and follow Leave the Pin on Instagram know that I'm a big fan. Uh, His photography, his skills, and kind of everything that he's doing. It's a really, uh, just kind of really neat vibe that I got off of him. We met a few members there. These members were were awesome and they can play. And like everyone can play. And even if you can't play, it doesn't matter because nobody cares. Like that's the thing. No one cares what you shoot. They just love the fact that you love Pinehurst and you love that area. So we played 18 on, on the cradle, meaning we looped it twice. It was just uh, fantastic. I mean, we had near aces. Everybody had a birdie. Um and then we head out that night, we get Pinehurst Brewing Company, and it's absolutely fantastic. You know, they just they just completely take care of you. And then the next day, we're up early for 36 at Talamore and Mid-South. But before that, a real quick ad read. Hey, what's good, podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gas House Golf, newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire, the hats are fire, everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out, you want people to notice you, you want people to notice your game, get to gashousegolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at gashousegolf.com. All gas, no break. Gas House Golf. All right, so next day we wake up, and we've got 36 real holes. We've got the new course at Talamore 
in the morning. We've got Mid-South at the in the afternoon. We've got lunch from Dugan's Pub, which is a Pinehurst institution down there. So for for weeks, people have, were telling me, look, man, I know you stayed at Talamore before. I know you haven't played, but their greens are unreal. Fastest greens you will put on. Purest greens you will put on. And I kind of got that feeling because when I was down there for the Mid-Am, uh, sorry, for the USAM at Pinehurst 4-2 and two over the summer, that's where I stayed. And while I didn't have a chance to play, I did make it out to the putting green. And the putting green is severely undulating, and it's pretty quick. But I just kind of attributed that to the fact that it was, you know, really severely sloped. Um, look, I'm going to tell you, next to number two, Talamore has the best greens in the area. They were flawless. I mean, flawless. You can just set your putter back, take a nice easy stroke, and the ball stays online. There is nothing more that you want in greens than what Talmore is going to give to you. So they called the new course because a few years ago it underwent a renovation. They got, oh, I, I might be, I might be wrong, but I believe it's Champion Altered Dwarf greens, which just super, super tight. Um, Super smooth. You can cut them real low, roll them, get them moving. Talmore plays from about 60... The tees that I played it from plays from about 65, 6,600. And then the same thing at Mid-South, 65, 6,600. Today was the day that the wind laid down. It was the only day that the wind laid down, which was nice because we had 36 holes in. Dan and Matt played it from the tees back, from the gold tees, playing about 68 or so. Um, to give you an idea of the length of the course, okay, the opening hole from the Blues is a 606-yard par 5. It is a beast. It is everything you want and more. Um, the entire place is, is just laid out really well. There's a lot of undulation. Um, it's not really a course that you can walk. There are a lot of green to tee box drives. There's some real severe undulations, especially on the par threes, which you know I know some people probably wouldn't be comfortable walking. You you can do it. Um, I'm not sure it would make the round more enjoyable though, uh, just because of those excess walks. It would probably be a very long walk. Now, if you don't know Talamore, Talamore Resort is probably most famous for its llamas. Yep, I said llamas. So when it first opened, they had llamas as caddies. They would strap the bags over the llama's back on a satchel that they made, and each llama would carry two bags. There was an actual caddy that kind of walked the llama around, and it was a you know a new, it was a, a nuance, a very niche thing to do. And they got a lot of play out of it. They got a lot of um, press, a lot of newspaper articles. A lot of radio reports back then, and kind of made a buzz in the golf world. Um, you know, due to a few reasons, uh, some of them being animal groups, some of them being the age of the animals, that kind of went by the wayside. But there are two llamas that still live on property. And by the 14th hole, I believe it's the 14th hole, um, they have a big pen. And you take a picture of them, you know, you see them and stuff, and sometimes they spit, you know, and go when it's a bad shot. And uh, overall, it's pretty hilarious. But it's very cool, and it it really separates them. Uh, but not only do the llamas live there, the llamas have their own 
logo. The Talamore logo is the llama. And in my mind, it is one of the coolest logos in all of golf. Um, I dare you. I dare you to play Talamore and to go into that pro shop and not pick something up with the llama on it because it is fantastic. Um, it looks like a, a certain major logo with the flag coming out of the llama's back, and sometimes you might find it in that color scheme as well. But they offer just an array of products that, that feature the llama. And what's real cool is if you stay and play at Talamore, okay, Mid-South is their other property. That's kind of like the semi-private course, right, with a lot of members. And then Talamore is more of their public course. Um, Mid-South has a little bit better conditions. That's the one we played in the afternoon. Uh, that's not to say the Talamore is not finely conditioned because it is. And I, I personally and most of the people in our group like the greens at Talamore even better. But one of the great things about staying and playing at Talamore is the ease of access to not only their two courses but every other course in the area. And Nikki at Talamore can can really hook you up and set you up with a phenomenal itinerary that will meet everybody in your group. You got diehard scratch you know handicapped golfers, she'll put you on those courses. You got guys that don't want to get beat up and and need something with forward tees, she'll find it for you. You got a group of 70-year-old guys, she's got you covered. You got a group of 27-year-old guys, she's got you covered. Uh, once this whole pandemic eases and then mid to late summer, when things are back up again, Talamore just underwent a crazy redesign uh, that I was privileged enough to, to tour and see inside their clubhouse as well as their eatery and their breakfast area. Uh, I'm telling you, I was there in August and I thought it was phenomenal. And they've gone and completely blown that up and made it even better. Uh, so they're not afraid to spend money. You just You really like to see that. In a golf course, especially when it is a course that is as well designed as Talamore. Now, Talamore is is pretty pretty spacious off the tee, but you can get in trouble. It's got a lot of variety of holes. You don't leave the course saying, "Well, eh, this hole kind of looked like that one, and that one looked like that one." There's there's definitely a variety, and in my mind, it has one of the coolest finishing holes. Uh, Eighteen is this. Elevated tee box, you're driving over water to a, 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 a parallel, uh, sorry, a horizontal running fairway to a perched elevated green. There's a whole row of bunkers that protect any drives that, are, that if you're trying to cut off too much on the left. And if you can draw the ball, I mean, you can get this thing running hard. Um, it's very, very, just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a neat course. You know, the, the coolest thing about Talamore, the new course, is the fact that even if you're not a long hitter, the greens, while they are fast, while they are undulating, really accept pitch and chip shots so well. So if you're one of those people like me where a lot of times distance is an issue and you come up short of greens, if you have a good short game, you're rewarded there because the conditions are so pure on the greens, and I love that. I mean, it was uh, it was the second best round of my trip. Um, we ate at Dugan's Pub. Uh, they had it delivered to the house, and so we flew. Now, let me tell you, for the people that like playing fast, we played Talamore in three and a half hours. Okay, that's ideal. Now, this is four guys in four separate carts, and we flew. 
So we lunch back at the place, and then we're back out at Mid-South for the afternoon. And like I said, Mid-South is kind of their, their private club, if you will. Mid-South has two of the best finishing holes, 9 and 18. The, they have these townhomes, these condos that overlook it. They both play over water. 9 is a par 5 where you can score. 18 is a par 4. It's a double green. Who doesn't love double greens? The green is massive with a little connecting neck. Mid-South also has what's very cool, especially if you tie. They have a deciding 19th hole, little downhill par 3, which is the extension of the putting green. And Mid-South is awesome because not only is it in phenomenal shape, um, the fairways are are undulating in spots. You'll use every single club in your bag. Short game is at a testament there. You need, it's a premium, you need to have a decent short game. A um, lot of sand and a lot of little quirks, a lot of little cool stuff. Every tee box, there is a birdhouse and it's painted in the colors of big time college. And it has those, you know, those initials on it. So there's an OSU one, there's North Carolina, there's NC State, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they've got the bell there that you ring somewhere along, eh, it must have been like thir- 12 or, or no, an 11, I think it was. Just just little cool things that really make a course neat and really stand out in your head. Now, at this point in the trip, you know, we're dragging a little bit. You know, we had, uh, what, one, two, three, four rounds in three days, you know, underneath our belts and stuff. And uh, we finished up pretty late there. Same deal. Got some Pinehurst Brewing Company for dinner. It was fantastic. Um, And then we moved on to what I was looking forward to the most, and that was the Dormy Club. Uh, If you don't know the Dormy Club, it's part of the Dormy Network, which is a private network of clubs which you can become a member of. But you're not a member of one club. Now you'd be a member of six clubs. And they have Ballyhack in Virginia... Uh, they have one down in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, one in Indiana, San Antonio, Nebraska, you know, all over the place. And then obviously the Dormy Club in Pinehurst. It's about 15 minutes outside of Pinehurst, Southern Pines. It's called West End, North Carolina. Literally scrub pine land. And Core and Crenshaw went out there and made, um, in my opinion, some of the most fun 18 holes I have ever played. Uh, the Dormy Club is literally no frills, okay? If you are expecting a big, glamorous clubhouse, go somewhere else. If you are expecting you know, manicured cart paths, go somewhere else. If you want pure golf, and I'm talking pure Sandhills golf, then that is is where you go. So Core and Crenshaw um, took 309 acres to build the course. There's over a thousand acres that is owned out there, okay, by the Dormy Club. But there's no housing, there's no fake roadways within the golf course. You don't see anybody. You see nothing at all but the hole that you're on and maybe you get a peek to the next hole over. We were walking. It is a walk. It is a hike. Okay, it is 
It is tough when the conditions are tough. We had the same winds that we had at Pinehurst, uh, gusts up to 45 miles an hour. Uh, here's an example. On one hole, I had 109 yards. I smoked a seven iron. I came up 20 yards short. Okay? That's the wind I'm talking about. I will also tell you that downwind, me, who hits at 230, 235 off the tee on a good day, piped one 305. Okay, so you understand what I'm dealing with with conditions here. We had we had wind so bad that they were blowing sand off the car pass out of bunkers that you could see sand dunes blowing towards us down the fairway. Um, but when you're at a place that's so much fun and there's so many different ways to play shots, it's completely irrelevant. So Dormy has an amazing first hole, okay? Uh, first off, amazing tees there. As well. And speaking of tees, there's one thing that I completely forgot. Let me go back. Uh, the nest at Pinehurst, and and you saw this on Instagram. I posted it, took some video and, and pictures of it, and also on Pinehurst's Instagram page. Uh, the nest, which is the eatery, okay, in the middle of number two and, and on the ninth hole of number four, Pinehurst, has these red cockaded woodpeckers. And there's a sign that says red cockaded woodpecker dodging shots at Pinehurst from whenever it was built, 1896 or 1906, something like that. And inside this little birdhouse are these tees. And on the top of the tees is red cockaded woodpecker. And on the side, it says the nest. Only place they're available. Little sneak peek for you there. Little inside knowledge. Uh, Bagger, my boy Pat Webster, hooked us up with that info as well as Matt Cardis from Golf in Your State. So that's a little if you know, you know type thing. Um, but back to Dormy Club, they've got awesome red, white, and black tees. You know, the Dormy Club logo is so simplistic. It is the red triangle flag. That is it. It is the flag stick. Um, and it, it, it stands out. It's a, if you know, you know, type thing, little flag stick there on the tees. Brilliant. Great range. Uh, no putting error yet. They're building the cottages. They're building the clubhouse right now. The clubhouse is a trailer and that is not a knock on Dormy Club whatsoever, because like I said, it is pure, unadulterated golf. So awesome downhill first hole. Um, they actually had a blowout in one of the sprinklers there, which blew out part of the green. Um, they were down there fixing it. You know, maintenance guys couldn't have been nicer. People could not have been nicer there. And the rest of the 18 holes for us was an absolute battle off the tee, battle into greens. Greens that are severely undulating, but accept shots from the ground. Nothing is man-made there. And that is, you know, a CNC, a Corin Crenshaw stalwart. That's a hallmark of what they do. Everything is natural and everything fits in and nothing looks out of place. It when you go there, here's the best way I can describe it. Go with people that you like, right? Because you will only see those people. You will see nobody else at all. Tea times are 20, 25 minutes apart. It is your own personal golf heaven slash playground. The par threes range anywhere from 105 yards to 210. You will use every club in the bag. You will hit driver uphill 20 yards less than you normally do. You will hit it downhill 50 yards further than you normally do, but you will not walk away from a single hole and be disappointed. And every and 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 I I think the guys might have been getting a little sick and tired of me, but every hole that we stepped on the tee box, I was like, oh my God, this is sick. 
And then I see the next hole, I'm like, oh, definitely my favorite hole. And then we get to the next one, I'm like, nope, this is it. This hole is sick. It just, it, it's, it's like a good song. You know, a good song just kind of builds and builds and builds. And then it, it you know, that the drums kick in and it explodes into like a cacophony of sound. Um, and you have this realization that this is truly the way that golf courses should be built now. Um, I cannot wait to get back there on a day where it's calm, once the cottages are built, once the pro shop is built, and once everything is like quote unquote built out as far as infrastructure goes, I cannot wait. Um, I will tell you that the 18th hole on number four and a dormy tied from me on the trip as the hardest, not closing holes, but holes. 18 at number four is this just, I, I don't even know how long it is because I, it felt like it was 700 yards. If you don't hit the fairway and if you're in the sand at any point in time, it, it's, it's tough. It's like getting gut punched every time. Uh, Dormy Club was the same way. I, I was in a lot of sand. I mean, a lot of sand. Um, and you know what? I, I'll tell you what I learned. A lot of times you go to the range, you practice what you're good at, right? Which, which I'm guilty of just as much as the next person. And I'm done with that because I learned that I do not have a 30 to 50 yard bunker shot. I do not have it. I cannot pick the ball clean enough to control the distance. Um, I'm either hitting it too fat, like a good bunker shot, or, you know, I'm sculling it and I don't know what club to hit. And that is something that I need to work on. And, and that is something that if you're going to the Pinehurst area, practice your sand game, practice your bunker game, because I don't care how good you are. You know, we were playing with some scratch guys, bombers. I mean, Dudes that can flat out play. And every single person had their fair share of sand shots. So that wrapped up the golf. Um, we kind of parted ways. Um, Rich from Gas House Golf had to head back to Greenville. And Maddie had to head back um, outside of Raleigh in North Carolina. So, so Dan and I were staying over one more night at the Palmer Cottage. And we decided, you know what? Let's go to Pinehurst. Let's get something to eat there. Sit on the back porch. Let's watch people come in on number two off of you know eighteen. Finish there on that that home hole where Payne Stewart made that putt, and uh, you know his likeness is is ingrained forever at that resort, the Payne Stewart statue. And we just sat there for a while, had some drinks, had something to eat. And it was fantastic. And we walk by, and who do we meet? Mister Tom Paschal, president of Pinehurst, recognized us from the Instagram takeover chat with him for 20, 30 minutes or so, and then played, I cannot even tell you how many holes at this will do, the putting course. Um, looped our way around there, made our own holes up. And, you know, I just, I, I stopped for a second and I just took it in as to, as to how awesome this trip was and literally planned on a whim. You know, and I think the one thing about golf trips, what's so cool is that you have this bond with people that you can bond over, which is golf. Right, and you see it with the Instagram community, and you see it with people that that play golf that don't know each other. Um, you have such a strong affinity towards the sport and towards the game and its history that it just connects people so easily. And the next thing you know, 
you find out they have something else in common with you or they have something that that they do that that has always interested you and then you pick their brain from it you know and we come out of this 5 day trip with you know everyone picks up three great friends and after not knowing much of each other in the beginning you know you feel like you know these guys for 20 30 years uh, the inside jokes that you have during that trip are just absolutely priceless you know and i think that's one of the hallmarks of a good golf trip the golf is good, yes, uh, but the company needs to be good in order to really get the full experience. Um, I implore you, if you have any questions whatsoever about the Pinehurst region at all, drop me a DM at Leave the Pin. Um, let me know. I mean, I can get you in touch with the right people. We can get you the Leave the Pin discount with the right people. And uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a shill. But I think for those that have been listening long enough, you know that I'm never going to promote anything that I don't believe in. And I'm really not sure that there's a better area of the country for golf. I'm sure Bandon has, has its, um, you know, has its jab and its hook that it can throw at Pinehurst. But, uh, but as far as regions of the country, I'm not talking about specific resorts. You know, realize some of the best golf is actually outside of Pinehurst Resort. It's not a knock. Everything at Pinehurst is great. But there's so you you could put together a world-class trip and not step on the resort's property. That's how good that area is. Um, and I think the more people that find out about it and the more people that, that go down there and at this point in time when they are practicing safe social distancing and they have health protocols in place, you're, you're only helping an area that completely depends on the game and is built around the game. And I can tell you, pandemic or not, that they will take care of you and you will have the absolute time of your life. Um, and the other thing is this. If you start thinking that, well, you know, he's talking about me dropping a few grand on a trip and blah, blah, blah. You can do it on the cheap. Okay, I can show you how. I can help you out. I can get you in touch with the right people to be able to play these courses um, in that area and not kill yourself by dropping an arm and a leg on it. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this recap as much as, as we enjoyed the trip. It was absolutely phenomenal. Later in the week, we're going to go right back to schedule program. We've got some great guests for you. We've got Chris Hickman, who is a player on PGA Tour China, who has just some of the greatest traveling stories ever. We've got Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg and the Shotgun Start. And then we've got some really good guests planned in the future, which I'm pretty excited for you to hear. So as always, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs>